Did you know that the 4th of July is on a Thursday this year? That's going to be a full weekend of fun out on the deck, four days. But if your deck isn't what it used to be and you aren't using it for great family gatherings, you need to call my friends at All Weather Decks. All Weather Decks is a 24-time winner of the Angie Super Service Award. And they probably help one of your neighbors. Click on the map link at allweatherdecks.net. Call All Weather Decks today at 913-206-1974 or go to allweatherdecks.net and mention you heard it on 810. Call now and relax. Welcome back to the Border Patrol on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Wolfman Jack here with uh, Nate Ducati and <laughs> Wolfman Jack. Jake Gutierrez, that's right. Steven St. John. Little, little Dr. John there, too, maybe. Wolfman Jack at the end of Hollywood Nights, one of my favorite movies. Now we'll talk to Bill Moss. Bill, good morning. How are you? Steven. Yeah. You all right, man? You know, I started losing my voice last week and totally lost it over the weekend and uh, didn't didn't speak for 36 hours, which my family was uh, was just loved it, pleasantly surprised. Uh, but then I tried to talk today and here, you know what, it's getting better, though. I couldn't talk at all this weekend, so I'll get there. We're getting there. I got my guys helping me, and I got great guests like you ready to take up the slack. Mahomes, uh, impersonation. That's right. Well, you know what, I'm doing it for the quarterback. I'm doing it for Kansas City. And so, Bill, we're going to start off with something we talked about quite a bit today because I just I think it's remarkable and I don't think you get enough credit for it NFL uh, game day put out this stat about the the fewest points per game allowed in the playoffs since 2000 Uh, and and by far and away the, the best the 2000 Ravens and this is the minimum of three playoff games played 5.8 points a game which is ridiculous that'll never be matched number two Behind them is the 2002 Buccaneers with all those Hall of Famers, 12.3 points per game. Number three is the 2013 Legion of Boom Seahawks at 13.3. And then number four, since 2000, this year's Chiefs only giving up 13.7 points per game. And you consider they went up against Miami and Buffalo and Baltimore, two of those games on the road. They have a chance if they finish strong with another great performance against the 49ers, they will be discussed amongst the great playoff defenses we've seen. And that just blows my mind, and more people should be talking about it. And I feel like from a national perspective, more people are saying that the 49ers have a better defense when right now we're seeing seeing the Chiefs on an historical run defensively in this postseason. What do you think? Why would you bring this up? I don't know, because I'm stupid. Why? It was such a great-kept secret. Mike, don't bring it up. Don't talk about it anymore. I said, hey, you're jinxing it. This, is, this has been the magic about this whole season, because as long as Patrick Mahomes is, is out there playing, all the attention and focus and storied lines are going to be about the offense. I, mean, I think it's been just exceptional what they've done and, and how they've gone about it. And I was on a show last week, I think, or, or I don't know, but I was somewhere on a radio show just talking about it. And I, they said, who's the MVP of this team? And I said, Brett Leach. Brett, I mean, it, the, the collection of players they got on the defensive side of the ball in the last two drafts with Nick Bolton, George Karloftis, Sneed, uh, McDuffie. I mean, what they did on the defensive side of the ball with those draft picks uh, that they got and after trading Hill, I mean, it's it's remarkable. And, and these guys aren't just starters. They're Pro Bowl caliber players. 
and I, and, and, and you know, then you mix in Chris Jones being there and the things he can do, and, and the guys that have stepped up as in addition to like a Drew Tranquil, and I mean, it, it's just a really strong unit. Um, and they're going to have their hands full. And I, I think I think it, I think they took a big blow losing a minute. You, I mean, I, I think he was really significant in, in the times that he played uh, in the middle. I think Turk Wharton and company, those guys, you're going to have to hunker down uh, and get ready for this because they're going to attack you. They're going to attack you, and they're going to try to be physical with you. And and you take you take Christian McCaffrey away, you you, you win the ball game, and that's what it's going to be about. You stop and run. Take it away from them. It's going to be a long day for Purdy. But you know, to to, be, to do that, you you got to take your game to another level. You know, they thought they they did it. They stepped up uh, when you faced the number one rush defense, a rush offense in Baltimore last week. They, they've got to do it again. I mean, that's that's what this is going to come down to. And you're right. I mean, he was a big loss. But Spags mentioned this uh, on uh, well, last week when he spoke at the podium, and we talked about this. Not one guy can replace him, but somebody that hasn't been playing in the playoffs that's going to get some reps now is Felix Anudike-Uzama, the first-round pick. And this is another chance to Brett Veach to, to show his stuff because he's been a healthy right. scratch the past three weeks. But he the, he was a first-round pick for a reason. He did play 60 snaps in that regular season finale against the Chargers, but he's got fresh legs. And even if he comes in and plays a handful of snaps in, in maybe in pass rush or pass rush situations, uh, what what could he be capable of? Because he could be an X factor. That's a first round talent. That you know, how many teams could say that? Like you know, what we lost one of our defensive ends. Oh, let's just throw in the guy that we picked in the first round, just to add to the mix. And so he, he's he's going to have his chance to make some plays. Absolutely, and 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 they're gonna. They're going to do things to, to get matchups too. I mean, Spags is really good about that. And, um, there, there's a couple guys on on, on the, the offensive line there that I think can be taken advantage of, um, and I think that it's favorable for the matchups for, for Kansas City. Um, and I think that you're, they're going to sprinkle him in, as you said. They're going to have a good mix and a good flow of of those guys. But yeah, you're right. Um, it, it's pretty, you're a pretty good situation. When you have to bring somebody in off the bench, and it's a first-round draft pick, and, and so Felix is going to have an opportunity to shine here. Wouldn't that be great? Yes. If, if, if he stepped up the, the way that and made some big play, the way that um, uh, uh, the linebacker Nick Bolton did last year, right? Hmm. I mean, <laughs> step up and make it some something, some kind of big play like that—a sack to change the game, or a fumble, or some. Some big play. Uh, that would be great to see. How, how confident are you that they'll be able to get Brock Purdy to make some big mistakes in this game? You know what? I mean, I, I think we talked about this last week. When when you go into the game, right, and you're playing the Chiefs, it's not just about playing against the team. You're playing against the whole Mahomes deal, and and you know, I think. I think a big part of last week's uh, win was during the week. I mean, Jackson Jackson has to think about he's competing against Mahomes. Well, Purdy's got to think about that too. Mr. Irrelevant has to think about he's playing against the greatest quarterback of all time to ever, right? 
and you think you have to play better and you think you have to try harder. And if you try to do those things, it usually turns out bad. And I think that he's got he's thinking about that. Don't you think Brock Purdy's thinking about I'm I'm going up, I'm I'm competing against the greatest quarterback I've ever seen play the game. Like he knows. Players know. You're watching film, you put on film, although he's not watching our offense, but when you put on film and you watch players know when other people are just like, Wow, did you see that? I mean, you sit there and it's just amazing. Well, he's gotta be thinking about that. When you look at the the coaching matchup, you know, Andy Reid and Shanahan, but then you factor in Spags and especially playoff Spags and what he's done in his career in the postseason, uh, it clearly advantage Kansas City, but how big of an advantage do the Chiefs have as far as, you know, being able to come up with game plans that will give their team the edge on Sunday? Yeah, I, I think it's... I think it's really significant just for everybody's been in place for so long there. The, the system is in place, and the key parts are in place uh, with the players. They understand it. They know what to expect. It's just old hat for them, right? Um, and and uh, well, look, for the 49ers, we, we did this. Run this back four years ago, right? They were there. They, they, they came at us with their best shot. And the quarterback that everybody at that time thought was the answer. Now they're trying it again with Purdy. Um, same kind of system, but the intangibles are, you know, you got Patrick Mahomes, who is like having a, a coach on the field, too. I'm not, you look around the league. How many quarterbacks do you see run over to the sidelines and tell the coach what play to run? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not many. Most of them have got their hands over their ears so they can hear, and then they look down at their card on their on their wrists, and they call the play. I mean, Patrick brings a whole other level to the deal. And we've seen that how many times, right? We have Bill Moss on the line. Bill, uh, Nick Bosa was asked about the Chiefs' <laughs> offensive line this past week. You know, and he said, what do you think of their tackles? And he said, they hold a lot. And their and their owner was still bitching about uh, the, the holding, uh, you know, back in the Super Bowl four years ago. But when you look at Bosa, he he clearly is a guy that could, that can wreck a game. But we anticipate Andy Reid and that offensive staff to have something special for him. And so, you know, you being a former great defensive lineman, tell us what you expect the Chiefs to do to try to slow Bosa down and minimize what he could do to wreck this game. Yeah, so here's it's kind of a game within a game. You know, I talked about shutting down the run of Christian McCaffrey and taking that away. Um, and for the Chiefs, how you help those tackles out is one of two things. And we've seen a lot of it this year. You've seen the two and three tight end sets. Uh, it, it's beneficial in a lot of ways. Not only uh, can you run heavy load out of it, right, and give your guys some uh, added protection up front, but... Those guys are agile enough that how do you match up against them when you go three three tight ends? Do you, do you play nickel? You can't play nickel against them because they'll beat you because they're fast enough. Or they'll line up and run at you in, in nickel. So, you know, what? how do you treat that? And so you'll see a bunch of that mixed into this deal. Um, the other thing is, you know, a heavy dose of Pacheco is, is certainly would slow down. You don't like to get in situations where everybody in the arena knows it's a pass play because that's going to give an advantage to the defense. 
And, you know, we, we've seen enough uh, false starts this year, right? We don't need that. So I think the, the way you control that is you get a, you get your running game going, and, and that's what's – that's what the Chiefs have done in the last part of this season. I think, like, pretty much after the Christmas game, that debacle, they really got back to it. They 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 leaned on that offensive line. They leaned on Pacheco. They, you know, they stay ahead of the chains. They play conventional football. All those things that seem so boring, but it's really it's really worked out for them through the through the end of the season and this playoff push. You know, I we haven't really mentioned this today, and this kind of caught me off guard. But uh, the Chiefs designated Jarek McKinnon uh, to return off the IR. So his practice window is open. So at least that opens the possibility that he could play on Sunday. What type of boost? And we're talking about, I mean, look, Bill, this game could come down to four or five plays. And we've seen. He, he he is he can be such an important player uh, in, in in a close game or, or you know picking up the blitz or being a receiver out of the backfield. How how big would that be if they were able to get him even you know for for a handful of snaps? Right. So it, it, here's what it does: it makes you prepare for him. So uh, I'm sitting there and, and I'm the defensive coordinator for for the 49ers and I'm looking at these moves and saying, what. McKinnon's going to be activated. Oh crap! I got to go pull film and watch how they've used him and, and the things that they've done with him. Uh, and so it gives you it's it, it's beneficial in that way. It gives them something else to think about. But that's what the Chiefs do. I mean, it, it, each and every week we know what Chelsea can do, and you see. But it always seems that somebody steps up. Uh, even going back to the, the years where they won uh, Super Bowl, somebody always kind of step up that's going to be an unknown. And, and makes big plays. So, you know, maybe we'll have that factor again. It's um, it, it's really interesting because then on the flip side, you, you know, when you were talking about the, the 49ers running a similar scheme to what they did four years ago, they also do have McCaffrey now, which is different. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm curious, just your thoughts on him as a player, the kind of weapon he is, how different does that make them? than They, they had a really good running game back then. Um, yep. But uh, how, how different in your mind does McCaffrey make them? Yeah, a lot. I mean, he's he's a force. I mean, he's. I covered his dad, and he was, his dad was an amazing guy too. And I mean, he just did everything the right way. You know, uh, a Christian, he's going to give you everything he has. He's a playmaker. He he steps up to the challenge. Uh, he, he doesn't duck it. He's he's ready to go all the time. And I, it was a big boost for what they do offensively. Um, if I were to, to tell you that the, the difference between the 49ers from you know the 2019 deal, I would say that their defense isn't as good as the defense was back then, and their offense running game is better than it was back then. So those are the two things that stand out to me, and that's why I put some, such an emphasis on the you know you, you want to control this game, you've got to take away. Christian McCaffrey, and that's the number one deal here. Yeah, and I, I love the idea that the Chiefs, in, in, in some you know weird kind of fan way, the way the way I look at it, you know, one of the most heartbreaking losses in Chiefs playoff history was after the '97 season when they lost to the Broncos. And here, all these years later, they get a crack at Mike Shanahan's son and Ed McCaffrey's son in this in this Super Bowl. I mean, how things come full circle. I mean, and that you know, and Mike Shanahan was. 
even though yeah. we, didn't, we didn't like him. You know, he was a hell of a coach. And then McCaffrey was a hell of a wide receiver. Uh, and so, but, but isn't it funny now? And you talked about covering, you know, covering, uh, you know, Ed McCaffrey and, and, you know, going against Mike Shanahan, coach teams. And here are these two guys, their sons, are going to play such prominent roles in the Super Bowl all these years later. Yeah, it, it, it really is amazing. And I would say that, you know, <laughs> The reason the, the the Broncos won those Super Bowls was because they ran the football. They took it out of the quarterback's hand. John Elway went to three of them, carried his team on his back. The three Super Bowls didn't win them. He goes and wins two more when they were handing the ball off to Terrell Davis. And so, you know, it's entrenched in, in their bloodlines that the importance of that run game and a, and, a, and a steady back to do it, that's Christian McCaffrey. And that's what the, all this is going to circle around is if they can take that away. How do you see special teams playing a factor? They seem like they always do for the Chiefs in one way or another in these games. Well, we got we got two good ones, and and so yeah, I mean the field goal is going to be a big thing, and I, that's I think the Chiefs are going to win it by a field goal. Um, but but the, the importance of the punting game and changing the field position, I think it's going to be a big deal because these these teams are similar in the aspect of how they got here, right? I mean they. Their defense is, has been sturdy. They they run the football. They play action pass. All those things. They they play the you know the time of possession, the the, the the field position. All those things are so important. So and that's where the Chiefs are at right now. And that's why I put. That's why I go I go back and say, look. I mean, yeah, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough game. It's going to be a hard fought game. But they've got to win in the trenches on the run game for, to have success. All right, Bill. The uh, the spread is uh, San Francisco favored by two and a half. The over under is forty seven and a half. So, what uh, give us a score? What type of game are we going to see? So Jake can uh, uh, bet accordingly. Jake, take the over. Jake, <laughs> yeah, I think tw- I'm twenty seven, twenty four. I, I like the Chiefs here in this win. I just I don't know how anybody can look at these two teams and 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 bet against Patrick Mahomes. I mean. Uh, so they, we've seen he's seen it all. There's nothing. There's nothing he hasn't seen. And uh, yeah, it's going to be great. I'm excited. Are you going out there? Uh, Todd Lebo, Seren Petro, Chad Boger will be the eight ten contingent. Well, they're out there. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll have to look up Lebo. I'll keep an eye on them for you. Yeah, Leo. will keep him off the strip, would you? <laughs> <laughs> we need him fresh. All right. That's right. That's right. right. And when are you going? When are you going out there? Uh, Saturday morning. Oh boy, that's that's going to be awesome, wow. yeah. man! Have a blast, all right, yeah. Bill. All right, guys, we'll talk to you Monday. Thank you, Bill. Chiefs win. That's right. Yeah. That's Bill Moss. That's awesome. He's going for the game. Lebo's going out there just to cover the cover the week like a blanket, stir the pot a little stir bit, the, you know, get, be a thorn in someone's side, and then come home. I tried to get him to go to the fight on Thursday night, and he won't go. It's going to be a good fight. Teofimo Lopez. Yeah. There'll be so much stuff to do out there. It'll be awesome. Yeah. No shortage. Get Where's turn, that? Is that up. at the MGM, or where is that? No, it's at the... Uh, He's a great T-Mobile. fighter. I remember oh, watching yeah. him. Michelob Ultra Arena, uh-huh. whatever the hell that is. Where Where's that? Or what is it? I don't know. Hmm. No, but they always put on a pretty big fight the Thursday night. 
before the Super Bowl because you've got all the media there and everything else. I didn't get a chance to go when I was in Miami. And it was it was a pretty good fight car. It just wasn't gonna work. That's at the uh, Mandalay, Mandalay Bay. Bay. Yeah, but like, but uh, yeah, it's, it's head, the cool thing is gonna be on ESPN. Nice. And so he's headlining it. And Teofimo is one of the you know top ten fighters yeah. in the world. And so you'll see a lot of crossover and a bunch of the celebrities go over there. And it's smart that they do that and they try to showcase. They're, it was good fights when I was in Miami, but there wasn't like the, uh, the superstar headline in it. Like, you know what? These are some, but I, Teo Fimo's a guy, like if you love boxing at all, you got to go see him, you know, and watch and it's his, for free on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Not pay-per-view. And you get a chance awesome. to watch her then and, and you see his dad try to fight people. And be great. <laughs> you know, it's always wonderful. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, there's, but there's going to be so much stuff. So awesome week. If you're going out there, if you're Kansas city and heading out to rip the city out in Vegas, have fun. Just don't, you know, just pace yourself. That's all. That's right. Just remember. I've had some issues with that in the past. Hard to pace yourself in Vegas. I know. It's a tough town to pace yourself in. That's exactly right. You know, what I would want to see more than anything in Vegas is that freaking the, the, the spear. spear. Did you see that guy I, helmets on it? Yeah, I'm, I'm enamored with that. Oh, man, that's it's amazing. That thing, it yeah. looks incredible. I would love to see I want and to see I would a love show to see there. a show in there, but I just want to look at it. That looks fantastic, you know. It's probably one of those things where you see it once. Yeah, whatever. It, it just that, that would be my number one. I doubt that thing would get old looking at. Right, I mean, that thing is. But I'd love to see a show in it, but just to be able to see oh, it. I've seen some videos of like shows that are in there. It, yeah, I, I think it'd right. be a, a sensory overload. That's what I like. Kind of like True Detective Night Country. You know. You, I guess I haven't heard of it. Maybe she got a sensory overload. Made yeah, her ears made her ear bleed. No idea. That thing was freaky. Do you think um, Lebo's going to be like Chavarius Ward and turn up the first couple nights? Yeah. Can we play that clip again? Turn up the first couple. It's Vegas. (laughs) I love that. You got to watch out for the F-bomb at the end, though. Yeah. That one caught us. Lou Mooney's been through it before, though. Yeah. Former neighbor of Todd Lebo. Not in Vegas, though. No. He stretches legs out in Miami. I don't know if this is what I'd want to hear if I was 49ers management. Uh, uh, well, this Super Bowl in Vegas, so might turn up a little bit the first day or two after the game. After that, really just lock in, you know what I'm saying, focus. The whole week, really like a movie. Like, you're going to see celebrities everywhere. Pre-game on the field, you might see Jay-Z, Beyonce, you know what I'm saying, Kevin people like that. But, I mean, it's still a game at the end of the day, you know what I'm saying. We still got still to go out there and try to get the win, especially the Super Bowl. You know you don't want to fuck Nope, and there it is. But also, you know, like, how would you feel? Like, I wouldn't really want to hear Legeria Sneed come on and say, yeah, I'd probably get turned up the first couple of nights out there and then I'll lock in. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, even even if that is your plan, yeah. you keep that to you. Hey, guys, coach, I'd pull, hey, hey, Charveris, hey, Lil Mooney. Let's go ahead and lock in now. Yeah. Let's go ahead and, <laughs> yeah. go ahead and forget about those let's, first two let's, nights let's out there. Wait turned up until Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead and let's go ahead and lock it up now. Let's go ahead and start the process now. Lock it up. Right. You lock it up. Yeah, you lock fine. it up. That's lock exactly it up. right. Lock it up. <laughs> you lock it up, dude. I like it. I hope they get turned up Monday and Tuesday. Yeah. Right? You know, yeah. carried into Wednesday. Like I said, it, it, I was just on my flight this week. Um, the lady sitting next to me was telling me about how her son was going to Vegas for the first time ever. No oh boy. And they were going to. She said, "I think he's going for too long." I told him. I said, "Well, how long is he going?" She said, 
eight days, and I was like, oh, yeah, that's no too long in Vegas. No goes to Vegas for eight days. <laughs> nobody who lives. Nobody who's, yeah, especially somebody that's been to Vegas before. <laughs> I was Tell like, three though. days maximum. Three days I was in Miami for nine days for the last Super Bowl, <laughs> and I was fully prepared to throw myself down a flight uh, of stairs yeah. by, like, day yeah. six. I did four Vegas days in day. Vegas. Uh, no, there's, there's no, no, yeah, no, no. I mean, I did it right. I think the longest the longest time I was there was when I went out to do the show and cover Victor's fight when he fought Mayweather. Yeah. And by the end of the day, I was like, I, I got to get out of here. Yeah. I get, need, get I need to leave. I should have left right after the fight yeah. instead of being involved in the Zab Judah brawl, which was <laughs> one of the highlights of my career. So, Yeah. I, I think I did. I did three days in Vegas on my bachelor party, and yeah. that was uh, by the third day, it was like, I, this needs to end. <laughs> this yeah. all needs to need to be done with this. That was a bucket lister. I was one of the Zab you know, Judah fight. You see, you know, people holding. Yeah, someone, uh, I was holding someone back from Zab oh, you Judah. Were? Oh yeah. Oh nice. Well, this was right. It yeah. just right happened because after it was at the post fight yeah. press conference and Zab Judah shows up. And Zab Judah is one of those guys where like his his pat. He's in the past, but he likes. You know, he lives in Vegas. He likes to, whenever he can, get a little spotlight. So we went yeah. there and started challenging Victor and challenging <laughs> this and that. And one of Victor's guys, you were, you know, you, you ain't good enough to fight. You, you fight me. Oh, but then it was on. Oh, boy. You know. <laughs> I just, you know, always, you always see that. And that's yeah. why I like to be involved in that yeah. scrum. Yeah, well, you got to do that. Yeah. I should have let him go on. With, a, with a name, though. with a name person, like a you know big name person. Right. That's all. It's good. Yeah. It was fun. We will uh, take a break. Back after this on WHB. All right. Let's listen to some sound from around the NFL, so we don't have to listen to the sound of my stupid voice. Oh, Jeff Darlington. That's a nice name, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Jeff Darlington, ESPN NFL reporter. Can we play the first one, Jake? If you don't, if you don't mind, uh, here he said the Chiefs want their Super Bowl week routine to be the same as last year. Well, at 28 years old, Patrick Mahomes has now become the savvy veteran when it comes to Super Bowl preparation. So as the Chiefs landed here in Las Vegas on Sunday and made their way to their team hotel, about 40 minutes from where I'm standing here on the Strip, they felt like they're in good hands when it comes to that routine. As Mahomes told me last week, things will pretty much be exactly the same as they were last year. He wants the younger players on the team, though, to look at the schedule this week to understand some of the media obligations. They want the routine to be the same, and they believe if it is the same, the outcome could also follow, which would make them the first team to repeat as Super Bowl champions since the Patriots in 2004. All right, let's move on to Tim Hasselbeck, ESPN NFL analyst. He was on SportsCenter last night. Uh, first, we'll have him talking about the Chiefs. Then we'll have him talking about the 49ers. Uh, first, here he discusses the strength of the Chiefs defense heading into the Super Bowl. Because it's probably the strength of their football team, John. I, and listen, Patrick Mahomes said as much when talking about his team early in the season. They were a defensive-led team for much of the beginning part of the year. And I think the job that Steve Spagnola, their defensive coordinator, has done has been remarkable. In fact, look, he's kind of in rarefied air when you talk about defensive coordinators coaching in Super Bowls in terms of what they've done. The second leading 
uh, scoring defense in the National Football League. And they've got really talented players. Guys in the front, like George Karloftis, who, you know, have kind of shown to be premier pass rushers. Chris Jones, guys like Drew Tranquil, they have speed at the linebacker level. And so I think when you combine all of that, that's a pretty good defense. It's a pretty good start when you say, all right, what's the strength of our football team heading into the Super Bowl? It's a great defense, Tim. Uh, here, uh, he talks about the Chiefs' vulnerability offensively. I think where they're vulnerable is a couple spots, and it's the supporting cast of Patrick Mahomes. And not the supporting cast in terms of Isaiah Pacheco. He'll play well. Or Travis Kelsey. He'll play well. But I think the receiver room, which has come on in the postseason, but it was a struggle for them with guys like Rasheed Rice early, earlier in the year. Guys like Marquez Valdez-Scanlon early in the year struggling. Now, they've come up big in the postseason, but that has not been the norm in terms of how they have played throughout the season, throughout the season, and so because of that, that is an area of concern. Uh, it was a month ago. Well, welcome to now, Tim Hasselbeck. Right now, baby. Hey, Tim, did you watch any of the playoff games? So, Rasheed Rice has been a stud now for about uh, two plus months. Oh yeah. So, just letting you know. Uh, one more from Tim Hasselbeck uh, here. He uh, tells us how the 49ers can exploit the Chiefs' weaknesses. Mahomes can manage that, especially if he can find other places to go for the foot with the football. But I think you have to look at Jawan Taylor. He's been the most penalized offensive lineman in the National Football League. He's their right tackle, and there have been pre-snap penalties. There have been post-snap penalties. And I would expect, because of the matchup and the personnel, how it sets up for San Francisco, that we're going to see Nick Bosa, who naturally aligns there anyway, facing Jawan Taylor quite a bit because it will force Kansas City to give special attention to that area. And so special attention meaning you're going to have to chip with your back, which keeps him out of the route oftentimes, or your tight end, which could be Travis Kelsey, which is definitely not uh, how Kansas City wants to operate offensively. And so, yeah, that is a matchup that, look, if you're following the ball, you may not see, but if you take your eyes off of where the ball goes, that might be a matchup that could determine the outcome of the football game. I feel like Tim... Uh, grabbed a bunch of headlines from about uh, seven or eight weeks ago and latched on. <laughs> yeah, has he been, you know. <laughs> has he been like, watching the playoffs? Or? I'm not sure if, uh, I mean, this is last night, so uh, let's hear what he has to say about the uh, 49ers. Uh, here, let's move on to those two for the 49ers. Uh, here he breaks down the 49ers' high-powered offense. It's their versatility, and they have so many talented players on the offensive side of the ball. Obviously, you know, it starts with a quarterback in terms of getting everything done, but the ball can go anywhere, and I think that's why this offense is so dangerous. Christian McCaffrey, obviously, from the backfield, but they get him outside the backfield as well. And then Debo Samuel, who's really a number one wide receiver, he may end up in the backfield. And then Brandon Ayuk plays like a true number one wide receiver, and then George Kittle is as dangerous in the run game and passing game as maybe any tight end. And so I just think when you look at them, there's so much to defend, and you have to defend them all of the time, and you never know where they're going to line up. And so I think that is the most difficult thing about facing the 49ers. All right, here one more from Tim Hasselbeck. He uh, tells us how the Chiefs can exploit the 49ers' defense. 
Well, when you look at this Niners defense, they are a fast flow defense, and that's a compliment. They are aggressive to the football, and when you have guys flying to the football, that's a good thing. But misdirection plays work against fast flow defense. It's almost taking a strength and just trying to use that against them, which the Lions did, and I would think Kansas City would try some of the same. I think one thing we will see a lot from uh, Nick Bosa on Sunday is him bitching and complaining to the refs. Yeah, you could probably count on that. He hold me. He hold. <laughs> so, that's all. And he's already I mean, started. He's yeah, already, he already is bitching and complaining. More than a week before the game, he was bitching you know, about it. Yeah. So. so you just just get used to that. Oh, yeah. After the Chiefs win, we'll see plenty of still shots or taken out of context. Look, he's, 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 he's grabbing them. Look, this guy's lined up in the neutral zone. Right. And they didn't call it the Super Bowl. I, I, don't say that. I don't need to. <laughs> Although I'm, I'm seeing some people say that, suggest that the fix is in in favor of the 49ers because the line hasn't moved any, even though all the money's going on the Chiefs. Vegas is going to get this thing fixed so that they make their money. All right, Vegas. Anything stand out when you watch them? They hold a lot. <laughs> My brother said they're mean. <laughs> so. They hold a lot. But the bosses really love the Chiefs, don't they? I don't really love the bosses. Yeah, well, good. The Chiefs beat them pretty regularly, so. Really good. You know, I kind of like him. I kind of like the feel of going up against him. It's worked out pretty well. They hold a lot. <laughs> That's why Susan St. John likes me, because I hold a lot. They hold a lot. And I likes to cuddle. <laughs> That's so creepy. Yeah, with, Especially with in that voice, voice yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, Nick Bosa, I like to hold a lot, too. What do you think of that? No, Skipper. Actually, probably in this show as soon as possible. We'll take a break back into this on WHB. Welcome back to the show. Thanks to all of our guests, Todd Lebo, Catherine Tappan, Chase Daniel, and Bill Moss. Jake, I told uh, Nate I saw a movie I think you guys would like. I wanted to watch it because it's nominated for so many awards, but it has one of my favorite actors in it. I think I told you. I watched, uh, we watched The Holdovers. Yeah, yeah, I've seen it. With Paul Giamatti, what'd you think? Great, great. He'll, he'll like it, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think we, I'm underselling it. No, Because we, it's like a slow, but yeah. I loved, like, Paul Giamatti, I'll watch him in anything. I think he's one of the best actors yeah, in the great. world. And then the music, I really enjoyed the soundtrack, but it was just, it was a... Some Led Zeppelin in there? How would, I mean, do a better job than I did. How would you describe it, the movie? It's a very sentimental movie. I wouldn't right. say it was, uh... I mean, it's not an uplifter, but there's a, uh, a it's it's a great story about how people can develop relationships and, yeah. and mm. grow in a relationship uh, that are that are totally opposite. You don't just, know what's you know, going on in people's yeah. lives. That's yeah. That's, that's the other thing. You never know what's going on in someone else's yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. So you yep. don't you don't know. You know, everybody has a mask, and you don't know what's behind that mask. Like it'd be a good movie for you to watch when you're on the plane. Okay. You know, like as opposed to some of the other movies that I've uh, that I've suggested to you that involved full frontal nudity yeah. and some like things. Like when that, you told me to watch The Wrestler and I watched it on a plane yeah. and didn't realize Marissa Tomei was naked. Well, I just I didn't movie. feel that necessary. You're welcome. To tell you. Right. You're welcome. I mean, it was a great movie, 
And I like Marissa Tomei it, that quite is a, a great lot, movie. but the little old lady sitting next to me was like, what are you watching? There's nothing better. It's more like, uh, what are you watching? There's nothing better to see Mickey Rourke as the wrestler working in a deli. That was probably oh, my man. favorite. Yeah. Out <laughs> yeah. there, you want this ham sliced? <laughs> I just went yeah. like, so bizarre. Uh, no, but this is, there, there, there's nothing this is better. here. This is there's better. But no, there's nothing here yeah. that will get you in trouble with anyone sitting next sitting to you. Playing. A lot okay, of Jim good. Beam been drinking. Yeah, there's a lot of okay. alcohol. Okay. <laughs> and you got you to keep an eye. Just remember this. Keep an eye on Paul Giamatti. Oh, boy. <laughs> Don't give him anything no, else. I won't. Full frontal but he, movie with Paul Giamatti. No, no, but he's just so great. He can yeah, do anything. Keep your eye on him, though. Yeah, okay. Yeah, but I like that movie a lot. So, All right, tonight, Stephen. What? Sunfeller Showdown. What do you got? We, got? we got that bet going, me and Shane. You don't have any problems tonight, do you? Okay, you You're has not been good on the road so far in the Big 12. K-State's struggling, man. They lost Oklahoma State. Yeah, but this is... You throw, right, see that record book in front of you right there? Oh. Throw that out the no, window. Kansas put it on Houston. They're playing Allen Fieldhouse West, buddy. That's Jake oh, Terry saying. Wow. That hasn't That's been said on the show in a while. What is, it? is that what it is? It took them uh, 30 tries to beat KU finally in their own Come building. Get, finish strong. Go ahead. No, I'm just saying... I'd be shocked if this game In was... 20 seconds, convince him why he shouldn't be worried. This game Go. Is what? Less than an eight-point win. For What's the line? Wow. Four and a half. Four and a half? Okay, you made me some money this weekend, by the way. Well, is it going to make you, oh, yeah, you, make you some more tonight? Yeah. I'll put... I'll take... I'll, four and a half is nothing. Yeah. Did you know that four and a half is nothing? <laughs> How about that? It's good having Jake back. I feel like that's a T-shirt waiting to happen. Hey, Charlie Hustle, can you help us out with that? Four and a half is nothing, and right. just have Jake's face and on it. And have little brother have that on there. Wow, Jesus. He doesn't shy away from the controversy, does no, he? No, he doesn't. This this KUK State thing got real cordial yeah. over the past 18 months from nice and all of a sudden it's right back down to the depths of anger. Now, I'll and, root for K-State when they play anybody else. I don't, I don't think that you yeah, will, to I be will. honest with you. I will. They're, I think they're, that's they're an absolute the right lie. State. They're yeah. in the right state. Great. Okay. Playing the wrong team. There it is. On that note, we will end this show. Nate, you, can, you confident now? Is he... Uh, I think it's going to be a, t- a tough game. We'll see. Just remember, four and a half is nothing. Nothing. On Sports Radio 810 WHB.